It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week we're looking at artificial intelligence, art, and music. First, a conversation with Andrew Samo, who's a graduate student getting his Ph.D. in organizational psychology at Bowling Green State University, where they did a study on how people react to art produced by artificial intelligence. This is what they found out. We got it to generate these images that were sort of similar to the human images we had, which were these kind of impressionist, expressionist, post-impressionist paintings of landscapes. And so we instructed the algorithms to give us kind of matching images. And we decided on using impressionism and expressionism because it sort of has this vague, fuzzy look to it that a year ago, that's the best that these AI art algorithms could do. And so we showed a bunch of people these images, but we did not tell them that some of the images were made by AI. And that's important because people are biased against AI artwork. So research shows that people kind of automatically don't like AI art. And so if they know an image is made by AI, they're going to be harsher on it. They're just automatically not going to like it. And so showing people these images, they didn't know which was which, which was AI, which was human. We ended up finding that people can reliably prefer the human generated artwork. And they prefer it because we found that they have more positive emotions experiencing the human artwork. So in terms of those aesthetic judgment factors, it wasn't that it was more intellectually stimulating or that it was more um, meaningful in terms of its interpretation. But just looking at the human art, they felt more strong feelings of attraction, nostalgia, amusement, and self-reflection, and just overall felt better looking at the human art. I think the most interesting finding was that even though they felt better looking at the human art, at the end when we said some of these are made by AI, can you pick out which is which? It was like a coin toss. There was like a 50 to 60% chance that they were able to accurately identify which image was made by which either human or AI. And so even though they felt better, they couldn't tell the difference between the different types of art. So that's interesting. It's like there was something about it that they liked better, but they couldn't really put their finger on it, at least not in a way that they could express, but they just felt better. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, exactly. So they felt better, but once you ask them to articulate or explain why they weren't able to. And one interpretation we had for that, or one way of trying to explain that is that in the um, psychology literature, there's this idea of thinking fast and thinking slow, system one and system two, where you have this very kind of fast, rapid emotional response to things. And that's kind of your initial gut feeling. And then you can take a step back think through things. And that's like your colder, more rational, controlled decision process. And, you know, this is a very like longstanding idea in psychology. And so our kind of idea was that on some kind of gut intuitive, fast system one level, people like the human art. But when you ask them to take a step back and think about it, and they had to really engage those controlled system two logical reasoning processes, they couldn't know the difference between the two, or they weren't able to tell the difference. So it was really this kind of, yeah, emotional, fast, Um, gut reaction to the painting that they like better, but the slower, more rational reasoning, thinking about it wasn't as clear anymore. That reminds me of that book that Malcolm Gladwell wrote some years ago called Blink. And I went through the whole thing. And finally, in the end, he comes down to it and says, we don't know why snap judgments work or why they're more reliable. They just seem to be. There seems to be something about being human 
that allows us to rapidly process information on all kinds of different levels, not just with our brain, but with our whole body, with our gut instinct. And we can come to these decisions and usually they're the right ones, which I thought was really pretty interesting. And it seems like it kind of relates to this right here, right? Like you look at it, you make the decision, you're like, I like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like a blink decision. People experiencing, liking the human art better. And one explanation for that could be that in the AI artwork, the way it's generated is almost very probabilistic or algorithmically. So it takes a lot of things that it's seen in its training data set. And so when you train these models, you give them all the pictures that are on the internet, all the ways that they're described. And then, you know, when you prompt it and instruct it to tell you what picture you want, it considers its training data set, all of those images that are similar to the words that you use to describe it. And then it starts kind of picking and choosing pieces from those images to try and reconstruct what it thinks that you want. And so it's almost like putting together a puzzle that it has way too many pieces for. And so there's going to be these very small pieces that don't line up together. And when you're trying to look at it and think about it, maybe you don't realize that, but on some level, your blink decision is able to pick up on those tiny discrepancies or hallucinations or um, um, that just feel kind of very uncanny valley and just don't feel right. But to your eyes, to your the way you're thinking about it, you still maybe don't realize it. So it's almost like a subconscious, yeah, blink, fast decision-making process. As I read about your research, or at least the conclusions you came to, you mentioned that at least right now, based on the kinds of AI and the quality they're able to generate, this is still the case. We generally approve of and feel better about things that are generated by humans. But as these AI models become better, we really might not be able to tell the difference, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so this field is just moving so fast. There's new AI art models and audio models and video models coming out every day. And just last week, for the first time, there was these two or three models that came out that are able to make videos. You know, you can type in what you want and it'll give you a 10 second, 30 second clip of a video that looks really, really good. And that, that wasn't possible before. And so even with this AI and art study, just by going through our typical research process from coming up with the idea to collecting data, to publishing the paper. We were using cutting edge models at the time, but just through that one year process of, you know, even just publishing it, by the time the paper came out, everything was already outdated um, just because new models are coming out so fast. I also called one of my friends in the music industry, Paul Spear. I got to know Paul through my membership in the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, the Grammy organization, and also through him producing and engineering a jazz vocals EP that I put out back in 2006 when I lived in Seattle. Paul is a well-known and Grammy-nominated guitarist and composer, first gaining recognition for his work with pianist David Lons back in the 1980s. Since then, his solo work has been very popular worldwide, and he's continued to create new music, while at the same time concentrating on producing, engineering, and mastering the work of others. He's also been a member of the National Academy Board of Trustees in several locations nationwide, and now does a lot of political advocacy work aimed at ensuring artists are properly compensated for their work. But what about when artists start using artificial intelligence tools to create that work? How will the National Academy members be able to properly evaluate it when it comes time to decide who gets a Grammy? But in terms of the Grammys, I know that this, this friend of mine, Falu Shah, who's the trustee from uh, New York chapter, 
we talked about this and, and she said that in their meetings, uh, their national trustee meetings, they're trying to figure out how to deal with music that has benefited from AI and it was used in, in AI. So they, it's all about transparency. So they're coming up with ways to, like when you enter an album or a single or whatever it is you're entering into the Grammys, that you, you have to be very transparent about to what degree AI was used. And it's just going to proliferate more and more. I think there's already a lot of indie artists that use uh, the AI mastering programs. In fact, I lost one of my longtime clients <laughs> a couple of years ago because he realized that the uh, AI program that he could access was doing a, pretty much about the, as good a job as I was doing for mastering his music, getting it ready to uh, for commercial release. So to what extent it's going to continue, of course, you have the um, artistic ethics and morals to consider with using AI. And in, in some ways, you could almost compare it to MIDI and how MIDI, when it came about, and you could use keyboards and you could sample instruments and so on and so forth, and you could program via a keyboard, like a musical keyboard, and create this stuff that you didn't have to really be a musician. And so this is a this is kind of a similar thing happening now, just the way MIDI was, and how people either embraced the MIDI or they frowned upon us and all never use that or whatever. And I think it was Peter Gabriel years and years ago said that he thought it was a fantastic thing that, that with MIDI and being able to program, you didn't have to be a musician to make great music. So I, we're, we're kind of in the same spot today with AI, but it's like, where's it going to end? That was guitarist, composer, producer, and engineer Paul Spear. And I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.